I made it my business to be able to go in there and represent women fully. You know, I represented them. I wasn't, I didn't take off my clothes. I didn't show my skin to let them know, like, okay, listen, I'm a girl, but I'm good at this. You know, and, and I'm better than you, and I'm better than you, and I'm better than you. And so that's the way I carry it. If that's the way I carry it. If that's the way I carry it. Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast. With your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you're thinking. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the latest and greatest edition of the Can I Kick It podcast. It's yours truly, Showtime, and my wonderful, beautifully made, most beautifulest thing in the world, co-host East Rita. What's up, East Rock? What's happening? Ready for another episode? Ready for another episode? Last episode was real, was real dope. Um, Lord finesse, Lord finesse episode. We got a lot of great feedback. A lot of folks actually listened to that episode and told us things about it that you know they didn't know, or told us they were glad that we got Lord finesse on the show because his story is just so dope about how uh, impactful. Uh, his his legacy in hip hop is definitely a lot of also a lot of the people I know that are in music or in production really appreciated that episode too because Lord Finesse is so major yeah as a producer yeah he dropped a lot of jewels too it was good to hear him talk about the history of DITC but you know we kind of I kind of geeked out when he started talking about equipment and when he started right. talking about what he's used over the years let and, us know what a tech geek he really was right 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 so I could definitely appreciate that so if you didn't get a chance to check out the Laura Finesse interview please go back, go back. yeah and check that thing out because it's definitely it's there uh, it's lit in the archives it's lit as they say these days and if you haven't heard any of the episodes just make sure to head on back and check them out head on back definitely check out the other episodes like the rich medina episode check out the episode with rick ross check out the episode with uh biz marquee and also check out keith murray that was a that was a really dope episode only keith murray keith murray going keith murray right also check out that one and we got a lot of dope guests coming up in the future so be sure to stay up to date with everything that we got going on around here also, um, I guess you're excited. Just announced <gasps> today, just announced recently, like right just before we. this afternoon. Right as we decided to start recording this episode. Uh, I'll, I'll, picnic, I'll let you tell them. Yeah, go ahead and talk Roots about picnic it. picnic just dropped their lineup. It's a real dope lineup. I typically stalk them every year. Uh, if you don't know how to find out that information, the Roots Picnic has their own IG page, mm-hmm. Roots Picnic, and they always drop the lineup there first. I'm sure it'll be. Out on the internet's uh, yeah, OK, Player, OK Player, yeah, 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 all the various outlets. But I always check for it there first and mm-hmm. get all the updates. Uh, we went to the Roots picnic a couple of years ago. Yeah, what year was that? Like whatever year thir- Naughty by Nature was there. Yeah, maybe 2013. Yeah, or so. we saw Naughty by Nature, DJ Premier, Trinidad James, Solange. Um, Gary Clark Jr. Yes, Gary Clark Jr. Those are the only ones that I remember off the top of my head. No, it was it was another. There was another big DJ there in the tent. Who was in the tent? Premier was in the tent. Yeah, Primo was in the tent. Premier was in the tent. On the stage was somebody. I can't remember who it was though. Anyway, it was a great time. Uh, we skipped it for the last couple of years because the lineup was getting a little too a little like shaky. a little too new age for yeah, me. I didn't want to see. I don't want to see Usher at the Roots Picnic. I'm sorry. I mean, even outside of like that year that it was what Usher and Badu. I wouldn't, wasn't it Usher and Badu? I don't remember. I just remember Usher. I wouldn't have mind seeing them at the Roots Picnic, but the side acts, like it has to be enough right. that it's going to be an enjoyable all day festival. Like we yeah. can't travel to Philly to see Usher. one artist. Like, nah, right. I'm not, nah. So this year the lineup dropped and it's, it's looking like we need to be in Philly this it's year. It's looking pretty dope. It's looking pretty dope. Headlining act is Pharrell. 
Two up, two down. Right. Definitely Virginia going to be out there. Uh, of course, The Roots always headline. If you've never seen The Roots live, it's just an awesome thing. Yeah, like, been... They give you a show. I've probably seen them, what, maybe three times? Yeah, I've seen them maybe three times. Three too. times now. Yeah. In both large settings, like at the picnic, mm-hmm. and also in more intimate settings, uh, like at the Norva and VA. Right. Uh, and they just give you a real show. Of course, obviously, with The Roots, it's live instrumentation. Yeah. And The Roots give you a show where, like, a lot of shows you leave and you're like, oh, man, I wish they had performed a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. The Roots leave and you're, like, ready to collapse, but you just are holding on long enough to finish out the show because it's just that good. And, you know, the bad thing is good for them, but the bad thing for the fans since they started doing their late night gig is that they don't tour as much. Right. You know, before they got on with... um, Jimmy Fallon. You're right, Jimmy Fallon. They were touring all the time. Like, you would catch the Roots on tour at least once every right, year and a half right. to two years. At both large and small venues. Right. Now, the only time I can really recall seeing them is at the picnic. At festivals. Right, at festivals and stuff like that. So, yeah. this will be dope to actually go up there and see um, Pharrell, the Roots, uh, Lil Wayne. Solange. Your girl Solange. And it's ironic that uh, the last... Bruce Picnic we went to. She was there. Solange was there. This was before A Seat at the Table fame, of course. Uh, This is when her EP True was out, and I was still living for her back then. True is the joint with Tony on it, right? No. Oh, what's on? True is her EP that was out around that time. Tony was out before. Okay. You know, way before. Right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Like Hadley Street Dreams era Mm. and and there. But True was an EP. It had, I want to say maybe like maybe seven, eight, or nine songs. It wasn't lengthy, but it was really dope. Mm-hmm. And that was the one where she had the Losing You video. Bumpy was in the video. I, I think Manny Fresh exactly. was in the video. It rings a bell. It was really dope. But anyway, I'm super excited to be able to see Solange mm-hmm. perform songs from A Seat at the Table. Let's not forget 21 Savage is going to be at the Roots Peak. I don't care about that. 21, you know 21. That. I feel like you're trolling me right 21, now. 21, 21. I feel like you're trolling me right now. <laughs> I want to see 21 obviously Savage. Obviously, I care nothing about 21 Savage. <laughs> 21 Grammys And that'll be Savage. the point where I go and refuel, hydrate nah. myself. But Jay-Z just shouted out 21 Savage in a song. I mean, that's because it made for a dope lyric. That 21 Grammys, I'm a is Savage. Is he on Jay's song? Is he on a Jay song? Not yet, but he's... he's okay. 21 Savage is coming. Talk to me just, then. Just be ready. Just All I'm saying is that'll be ample. That'll give me ample time to go and get water. Okay. Sit down for a minute, collect myself. Because if you've never been to the Roots picnic, yeah, it's really hot out there. You have to be prepared. Yeah, it's yeah. an all day event. Uh, the last time we went, we thought we were doing good by not packing a lot and bringing a lot right. with us to Little carry. Little did we know they were charging $18 for ICs. <laughs> we were running to the ATM machine to get Rita's. <laughs> right. Just for Rita's ICs. Just for Rita's ICs. Small and you will pay that. it. Yeah, you yeah, will yeah. pay the $8 yeah, yeah, or a, you'll collapse. It's a thousand degrees out there and if you don't want to die you'll get Rita's. So. <laughs> but the thing is with it being at the beginning of June always you never know. The beginning of June could be really nice weather or it could be scorching hot. You just don't know at that time of year. Yeah, but once you take the sun and it's like all There's concrete. No shade. Right. And There's it's a no million shade. people out there, like it's going to be hot. So I'm well, kind of bougie when it comes to outside events. As I stated in the last episode, but, you're bad and bougie. <laughs> no. Let's not When it comes play. to outside events, I get a little, I get a little particular. 
I was so heat exhausted out there. Yeah. I just collapsed to the ground, just sit, sat in the dirt. Just, it's worth it, though. It's, <laughs> it's definitely worth it. worth it. It's all worth it, all yeah. for the love of the culture. We yeah. do it for the culture. Yeah, so those are the main acts that are going to be at the Roots Picnic. So we're both excited I about that. I feel like that. we should mention Mob Deep. Oh, yeah, Mob Deep, Fat Joe. Thundercat, your who man, we talked Thunder about on the last yeah, episode man, that I put you on yeah. to, yeah, Thundercat. Uh, no name. No idea who if he any is. of you uh, are familiar with No Name, she's a really dope artist out of DC. Uh, kind of uh, has done some work with Chance the Rapper, but her project is really dope too. And she's been touring, so uh, look for No Name. Um, Pete Rock. Pete Rock will be there. Mm. I wonder if Pete Rock will probably have one of the the DJ sets. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the tents. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So hopefully we'll see y'all there. Yeah, and the thing about the Roots Picnic is that they're always surprises. So with Pharrell being the headliner, mm-hmm. he's going to bring some people with him. Right. So I would fully expect like Pharrell to bring out some artists that he's worked with in the past. Like Definitely. Like that catalog. Like last time there was surprise. Uh, uh, they brought out Meek They brought Mill. out uh, Marsha Ambrosia. They brought out Marsha. They brought out, uh, I think, is it Janet from Jane? What's her I name? I want to maybe so. I think I think her name is Janet. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But oh, also the last one we went to, Robert Glasper. Robert Glasper was there. Really? And I was really excited. About, I was excited about Solange, Robert Glasper, and Gary Clark Jr. Hmm. Uh, Robert Glasper was at that last one. I don't remember that. Because you didn't care about Robert Glasper. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, the guests are always um, like an extra treat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're looking forward to that. Uh, what else are we excited about? Anything else? Uh, I'm excited about this episode. Excited I'm excited about, about our guests on this episode. Yeah, real dope guests on this episode. I'm excited about some new music. I'll tell you that. Like, yes, since we definitely we've been have gone, new music to discuss. Like, we can't, it, 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 so much new music came out. We can't talk about everything, but. It's some dope joints that drop. Like, it's some real dope joints that drop um, over the last couple of weeks. So let's dive into those. You want to do new releases? Sure, let's do that. So... We should call this segment East Rock's New New. Because you got that new new. Is that what? That's what we do? (laughs) We'll we'll discuss that. We'll get back to you on that. That'll be pending. I like your idea, boo. East Rock's New New. That'll be pending. Because you got the new new. Are you going to get me those earrings? Nah, probably not. Oh, well. Nah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, they sell them in like the mall kiosk joint? No. Nah, like Pierce and Pagoda? Not the caliber of what I do. Oh, with, like so. the Pierce and Pagoda joints? Like, that's no, not no, what we're no. doing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Let's move on. All right, let's keep it going. So, new music. Uh, one that I was really excited about and mm-hmm. was anticipating, along with, I'm sure, plenty of you, non-hip-hop, but uh, Sid from the internet right. dropped her album, Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I was really looking forward to it. Um, I love her voice. I love that mellow flow that she has with her voice. I love her work with the internet, and I love her uh, guest appearances recently. Well, for those that I know, let's just break down that the internet is a group. I mean, people like, know that, but, but some for people you. might be like, "See it from the internet? Like, what site is she on? <laughs> <laughs> like, is she on Black Planet? Like, is she on the very the- dope?" <laughs> Group, right. the internet. If you're not familiar with the internet for some reason, um, definitely check for their work. Uh, I think their last album was Ego Trip, and that's definitely worth your time to check out for. But anyway, Sid is the well, lead singer. Sid from the internet and from Our Future. Right. Also, she was on the album that, that we love so much on uh, Commons, mm-hmm. uh, Black America. Again. Yeah, yeah. She had a couple. She had two two features on there. Mm-hmm. Is that her singing on Unfamiliar? No. 
What you doing got me feeling unfamiliar. That's not the words. <laughs> what you doing to my heart is not familiar. But I could get used to it. So Sid is on uh, Black America again. The songs are, she's not on Unfamiliar. That's my one and only favorite song on the whole album. But she is mm-hmm. on Red Wine. And she is also on A Bigger Picture Called Free okay. with Bilal. Gotcha. I really like her voice with Bilal. Yeah, her voice is dope. Like when I listen to the album, for first of all, let me say my Apple Music wasn't working like it should have worked when I was trying to listen to the album. So I didn't get through the whole thing because if anybody has Apple Music. You get music, through the whole app. Black America again? No, not Black America again. Oh, Sid. Sid's joint. I yeah, I've listened to Black America again. Numerous times. Yeah, so Sid's joint. I did hear some of it. I didn't hear all of it. You always got a problem with your Apple music. I just want to point that out. Nah, this is the first and only time i whole Apple had. thing, I don't know. Nah, I don't do that. You might um, want to get on an Android kick. Nah, I'm good. So the joints that I did like, um, she really, really reminds me of, she reminds me of Aaliyah a lot. Um, her voice sounds like Aaliyah, and it also sounds like like a grown up, more sultry, yeah. like a more uh, more a more grown up Aaliyah. Yeah, and uh, I hear like some Janet in her voice too. Well, it's funny that you say that um, because when I was listening to the album, and of course Timberland has nothing to do with the album, but when I'm listening to the production on the album, there's one I'm like, song that reminded this, me of Timberland. Not even one. I was like, this sounds like Timberland 101, right. like somebody that maybe came up under Timberland. Yeah, yeah. She does a lot of the production herself on the album and mm. majority of the writing um, but there's producers uh, like Hit Boy uh, Hayes Banger Mellow X there's a, a various amount of producers but it, a lot of the songs have like like a, a Timberland I'm calling it a Timberland 101 sound yeah. like if you went to Timberland 101 classes yeah absolutely um, and with her vo- that's why it's funny that you say she kind of sounds like Aaliyah because on a couple of songs I did hear that a little bit yeah, and well, I don't know if it it was just her voice or the mix of her voice with those Timberland-esque tracks. Yeah. And I think it works for her. You it know, definitely works for you her. You know, Tim tried it to... It doesn't sound like a copy when she does it, but I hear remnants of... Yeah. Yeah, about a year or so ago when Tim came out with his artist, Tink, you know, she sounded like Aaliyah and they used the Aaliyah sample, which to me was really dope. Like, I really like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, Tink just kind of fell... I don't know if she fell through the cracks. I don't, you know, I don't really know what happened. But but a lot of those uh, women artists that both Tim and Missy worked with that had really dope voices, they didn't really have huge, huge, huge success. But they're all really dope singers. Like, I mean, Tweet had some success with her own albums, but not maybe so much commercially. Mm -hmm. Tweet had an album last year, I believe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, and Tweet still does like Tweet is doing background on a seat at the table. Right. Tweet is still everywhere and working and making mm-hmm. money, I'm sure. But I just mean as far as that commercial success. So it seems like Tim and Missy really have uh, a way of kind of mining that uh, really dope talent as far as singers. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't always translate somehow to a commercial success. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but they definitely have that knack for picking out dope female vocalists. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but Sid is dope. Like, I like the album. Yeah. Uh, the album is a hit for me. I definitely say check it out. Um, Robert Glasper is playing piano on that album. Oh, really? Uh, as well. Uh, to mention Robert Glasper again, mm-hmm. that you don't remember from the Roots Picnic before. Facts. <laughs> uh, but you cannot go wrong with, I mean, Robert Glasper, Sid. I like these kind of combinations. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend this one. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll, for what I did here, I recommend it also. <laughs> What I didn't hear, blame blame Apple Music. But oh. I did like what I heard. Well, it was it was all popping. It was on and popping on title. No okay. problems. Cool. 
Cool, cool. Well, I, wrote, I did ride out to it, and I like what I heard. But I'll go. I'll, I will revisit it though, because uh, I liked it. Good, good. So what else you got? I also was checking for uh, Sampa. The pro- uh, process is almost called process. And before you say who's Sampa, I wasn't going to say that. What were you going to say? I don't know who that is. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Same animal. <laughs> Sampa sounds like an animal, but so he's the you know the cute little. Uh, Teddy bear looking dreaded guy. I wouldn't refer to any man as cute little <laughs> teddy bear looking. So those aren't he, adjectives that I would use. Uh, he's so saying you're not making your case. Background, if you will, on uh, don't touch my hair. Oh, OK. What'd you say to me? That's mm-hmm. him singing with Solange. I'm with it. So he had, you know, songs. Uh, he had worked before that also. But this uh, album had kind of been anticipated probably because of the extra hype from being involved with Solange on such a successful project uh, process I like it overall I like it I like him you have to be in a certain mood to listen to this it's mm-hmm. very you know melancholy very you know very one note um, I definitely dig him but you have to be in a certain mood that's that's the only disclaimer I'm going to give you have to be in a certain mood but I definitely say check for it I mean, his name is Sample. You obviously have to be in a certain mood. He doesn't sound like anybody that has a lot of energy. He doesn't sound like somebody that's going to turn up and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Sample. Like, he just sounds... I don't like the way you're... Sample. I don't like your tone of he voice. He sounds like a soda. <laughs> Sample. <laughs> and then, and then like, the fizz. Come, get some Sample. Are you done? Huh? So, anyway, I do... I am checking for it. It's not for everyday consumption for me, but in a certain mood, you know, you're just trying to really relax, chill, put on some sampler, listen to listen to process. Kick it back, is a process. Kick back, drink you a cold sampler. <laughs> Your day is complete. After a hard day's work, I drink sampler. All right, let's move on. Uh, so next up that we checked for. Sounds like one of them fake, like Zima. Like, you know, Zima is back. Like one of those fake alcoholic beverages. Like, when I come home from work, I kick my shoes off. You're still going? Sit on the couch and drink a nice cold Sampa. Sir? Huh? So next up, <laughs> we were checking for uh, Big Sean. I decided. Oh, yeah. Big Sean. I forgot about that album. So what I will say is I'm not the biggest Big Sean fan. Right. However, I do dig Big Sean. Like... In a world of, you know, if you have this island with all these newfangled rappers that I can barely take. He's not new, though. I know that. I said newfangled. Oh, okay. I don't mean new. I mean of a newer generation. Oh, okay. Thank you for the vocabulary lesson, because I didn't know that many either, but go ahead. So if all those rappers are on an island, he's one of the ones that I can take mm-hmm. from the later, the newer generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can, I, you know, it's clear what he's saying. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> it's not all mumbled up. His, we've already talked about before. His flow is a little ignorant for me. His flow is a little unbalanced for me. A little unorthodox. But, but it's a little offbeat is the word. <laughs> but I do, you know, I don't have any problems with Big Sean. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that I want to hear on a regular basis. But I'm able to enjoy his music. Uh, he always will give you a good, heartfelt song about his mama or his grandma. Absolutely. And I appreciate that, young man. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what's so great is that one time your mom actually called you about Big Sean because of his song, One Man Can Change the she World. She actually did text me. My mom did send me a text one morning asking me about Big Sean right. on a show tonight before. And I was like, who is this? Right, right, <laughs> Hello? Right. So he's, he's somewhat family friendly. He is family friendly. I don't have any problems whatsoever with Big Sean. Is he in my favorite of anything? No. Right. But I, the album was enjoyable. Um... You know, I, 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 think, I dug it enough. I think Big Sean can really rap. I think he can really rap. Um, I think he raps really good. I think he has that, at times, he has what I call the rewind uh, factor. Like, he'll say something, and I might not catch it the first time he says it, and I have to kind of rewind it. So, mm-hmm. to, Like, Lupe had that at one point. Um, I don't know if Lupe still has that, but around the Kick Push era and Lupe's second album, that phase, Lupe had that a lot. Um, Sheesh, food and liquor. Right, Can I right. reminisce for a moment? Right. Well, we'll get to the reminisce list a Sorry. little bit later. <laughs> but on this album... Keep me focused. I think this album is okay. It's too much singing on it for me. Like, it's it's too much singing. It's too much, like... It's too much... I don't want to call it draking, if, if, if that's a thing. But it's too much like this rap sing... Like, I just want Big Sean to rap. Like, when he raps, I think he can go. Like, it's real. It's, it's just very yeah, awkward like, for me. But. Like, I mean, if I, I want that, I listen, I listen to Drake. Like, and I think Drake does that excellent because I think he, you know, he kind of crafted that style and perfected that style. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily like when Big Sean does it all the time. Once or twice is cool, mm-hmm. but for the majority of the album, nah, that's not what I want to come to you for. Like I want you to I want you to rap because I know he can rap. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't have any problems at all with Big Sean. Mm-hmm. He's not my favorite by any means, but I dig him enough and I like his songs enough and going through the album front to back was you know it was not a nuisance yeah I mean it's a cool it's a cool album it's, yeah I decided that it was good enough yeah it's cool <laughs> alright what's next next up I'm gonna ask for strength to get me through this segment because you're gonna be impossible but next up is future yes 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 so, it's self titled right yes it's definitely self titled um so clearly I'm not a future fan. I don't know why you couldn't be. Because I have good sense and ears. <laughs> Everyone in the world should be. What do you mean? <laughs> like, how can you How can you not like future Vandross? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. His music is not sensational. <laughs> oh, my. It's so sensational. What are you talking about? So, listen. I get it. You want to be in the club and... You know, have your little future bop, whatever you future guys bop. do. But what do you mean? I get it. If you need a certain mood, a certain, you know, thing to elevate you to a point at the club. Future is all about the it vibe. It all sounds the same. It all sounds the same. That's my, that's my complaint. It all sounds the same. All of Future's music sounds the same or all the... Future, the, that album sounded all... Oh. It just sounded like one long... <laughs> You're such a It hater. just sounded like one... Infinite, <laughs> ongoing. You're such a hater. Continuous. You, ma'am, are a hater. I'm not a hater. I mean, I say, hey, have have it. How how can you have not? at it? Do your thing. So if it is okay, let's say it is one long song. How can you not feel that vibe? Like I think future is. I mean, if you 
if you put it on or whatever, or maybe if I'm in a very certain mood at a very, like it's 6.16 on a Friday, I don't know, like <laughs> maybe it'll hit me right. It's nothing I'm going to. It's nothing I'm going to pull out like, ooh, I need to hear it. I'm sorry, it just it doesn't you do it also, for me. But you also didn't like Dirty Sprite too, so. That, it doesn't do it for me. It's It sounds the same. So I'll, I'll give an accurate review of Future's album. Because I can't help y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you. Because <laughs> you wouldn't even give it a chance. I did give it a chance. I listened to it in the car. So I listened to it. I've listened to it twice. I listened to it. The first time I listened to it, I was in the gym. And I'll say this, and this is no lie. As I got into it, I'm on the treadmill as I'm listening to it, right? Mm-hmm. The more I got into it, I decide that I wanted to increase the uh 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 what's the joint called i wanted to increase the incline on the treadmill music that i love does that for me as well right and you know i'm also clumsy so i'll be at the gym and the song will strike me in a certain way and i get to going faster the next thing you know i'm tripping right well future hendrix had me on a 15 but on this album he's tripping no he had me on a 15 incline on the treadmill in the gym because that album That's is because there's drugs involved in this album. <laughs> no, it doesn't it doesn't matter if there's drugs there's drugs involved you in thought every, you could do it. <laughs> there's drugs involved in every Jimi Hendrix album. I don't know who you're complaining about that. I understand what Jimmy's saying. You can understand what Future is saying. So the vibe on this album I think is really good. I don't think it's better than Dirty Sprite Two. Um, of course Dirty Sprite Two had like some monsters on it. Uh, like Stick Talk and Real Sisters and Commas. This oh, album, yeah. to me, the standout tracks are Rent Money, Mask Off, and Feds Did a Sweep. Also, I'm So Groovy is really a great record, too. So Future, you got to understand, like, he makes records and, like, he talks that talk that makes you feel a certain way. Like, just the fact that he stole Scottie Pippen's wife for a couple of weeks, like, he just borrowed her. And he makes several references to it on the album. I think it's absolutely great. I'm so sorry. you think that's the thing to do? Still I, don't think that's, I don't think that's the thing to do <laughs> is necessarily. That, is, that, is that what you're looking up to? I don't think that's the thing to do. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to understand that Future makes music for certain types of people. That's why I said have at it. It's not. I mean, and like I said, if you catch me at the right time. You know, I might rock out to it a smidge at the the right time on the right given day. But it's nothing I'm looking for on any given day. So here's the thing about Future. Like, a lot of it does sound alike, right? A lot of it is a a similar sound on a lot of those records. Um, And you have I feel like you have to have an ear for those types of records. But at this point, I think Future could be in danger of falling into that Young Jeezy syndrome. Like Jeezy made records for the streets, he made records for the trap, and and that run went on for a long time. But when other rappers started coming in that lane, Jeezy was kind of stuck, and he couldn't necessarily make music to get him out of that rut. So I think Future is probably in a similar position that Jeezy was in prior to um, Jeezy kind of losing that title of king of the streets like jesus was king of the trap for a, a long time right yo Gotti came and now i think for me I, I give yo Gotti that crown as the king of the trap like nobody at this point makes better trap music than yo Gotti. like nobody makes you feel like you can get out here and flip a couple of birds better than yo Gotti. and see i don't know that's the point at which trap music started 
I started disconnecting from it because, you know, clearly I was here for, you know, the T.I., G.Z., mm-hmm. like that whole era. That's me all day. Right. Once it started moving into the whole yoga, like what? Yoga, no. Yoga is great. I'm sorry. But like future is. I don't is, know why I can't, I can't connect to any of that like I did to like the T.I., G.Z. Right. era. So future is to, and we'll call it for all intents and purposes, we'll call it mumble rap, right? I'll I'll throw that title on it. He's that would be accurate. He's the he's the father of that. So with all of these other rappers that are coming out with a similar style, making music that could be considered better than what Future is putting out. He is in jeopardy of losing that spot. You know, when you got rappers like the Migos, like that uh, Culture album is really dope. Um, Moneybag Yo. Just, uh, you know, these young boys that are coming up and really 21 Savage, um, Lil Uzi Vert. Like all of those kind of fall into that lane a little bit. Um, and Future is getting older and his music is starting to sound the same. So he's, I think he still can make hits. I think he still can make records that bang in the club. But, of course, as we know, hip-hop has no problem chewing you up, spinning you out, and forgetting all about you once you put out that one album that's just not it anymore. So and I really wish I could care about any of them. I know. But... Don't worry. I got us. Um, I got us. <laughs> I've tried, and so, I can't. No, I, I got us. Trust me. <laughs> I checked on it, and I can't. <laughs> Trust me. Like, we're, we're in good hands. I got it. Um, all right. So that's it for future. Solid album. I'll kick it with it. You know, I'll take it. I'm not disappointed in it, but I can definitely see that he's in danger of losing that spot. And I'm just going to give it my DGAF stamp. Mm. <laughs> All right, cool. What else we got? <laughs> and last up, uh, Fat Joe, Remy Ma. No, not last. We got something else. We do? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, next up. Yeah. Fat Joe, Remy Ma. Mm-hmm. Plato, Plato o Plomo. Plomo. First of all, I love the name of that album. Let's start there. Like, I think the name is really dope. And it's a take, of course, from one of the greatest series ever on Netflix, Narcos. Mm-hmm. Um... What you thought about it? I liked it well enough. I thought, well, let me say. First, let me say, I think that what Fat Joe and Remy Ma have been able to do together over the last year or two Mm -hmm. is really difficult to, like, stay relevant enough where, like, the the newer generation appreciates it. But where it's still relatable enough for someone like myself, mm-hmm. the more old school generation mm-hmm. that knows Fat Joe and doesn't like, I don't want to hear Fat Joe trying to attempt no mumble rap. Right. So I think that's a really hard thing to do to kind of stay relevant enough on both sides. And I think that they have done a good job of that. Um, I like the album. I like the production on it. It's, it's a good sound. I moved through it, you know, really well. I feel like uh, he and Remy have been doing so much over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted a little bit harder rhymes from her on this. Well, I'll say this. To your point, I think they do a great job of bridging the gap. Yeah, that's what um, I meant. That's, they do, that's a, the they term. do a great job of bridging the gap on this album. And just That's really whole, hard. Really hard. Really hard. But Joe, I think Joe has done an excellent job on his own of transcend, transcending generations. He's done For a great sure. job of staying For relevant sure. through the 90s, through that uh, 
early 2000s, Murder, Inc., Ja Rule. Nobody uh, else run. really. He sustained 50s Wrath. So at some point, we have to give Joe credit for being and able that's, to that maintain. And that was my attempt to do that. Is he definitely deserves credit for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Because it's really hard, like I said, to stay relevant on both sides where you're doing it for this newer generation, but somebody like me still respects what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not rolling my eyes at you. Right, right, right. So I listened to the album in its entirety several times, and I can say this. There are no songs on the album that I do not like. There are several songs that I like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first the first three songs are really hard. And I think Remy, let's just address, let's just throw it out there. I think Remy is talking to Nikki on those first two records. But, I think, but I, think I, on warning, but I saw Remy say out of her own mouth that she is definitely not talking to Nikki. When I listen to Warning and when I listen and to Swear to God. why was somebody like Remy, I mean, this is what she said out of her mouth. She was like, you know, basically check my resume. If I'm ever talking to someone, I want that. them to know. I've heard her say that. So why would she I, I, disguise it, I think it or could make it a be, subliminal? I think it could be the Jay-Z shoot the shot, hide your hand type of deal. Like, I'm going to throw this out here. I may not be talking to anybody in particular but if you want it, you can get it. It's it's too close. It's too, too close for me to say, oh, no, she's not throwing a shot. She's not da 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 Jay has done that his whole career. He's made a business off of, like, throwing things out there. And I'm going to throw this alley-oop, and if you catch it, you catch it. And if you don't, you don't. Those two records, Warning and um, Swear to God. I mean, I could I could be totally off. I could be totally off. Like my my ear for subliminal shots could be a tad bit astray, for lack of a better term. But I said that to say I really like her verses. Even if she's not talking to Nikki, I really like her verses on those on those two records. I really like her verse on Spaghetti. I really like the fact that she's even mumble rapping. On spaghetti, when she's like, I really like spaghetti. But I have no idea what she's saying. But but she does it in a way that doesn't sound ridiculous for her. I also appreciate that they were able to pull off getting Stephanie Mills on this joint. Right, right, right. Even though I wish it would have been a song where Stephanie could have really even flexed her voice more. It's, it's you know, her voice is all just powerful and amazing yeah. but I wanted it to be a song where she could because I heard him talking about it before and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a song where she could really like kill it yeah um but I thought the Stephanie Mills song was okay mm-hmm. but 1,000 points for even getting even Stephanie, Stephanie Mills gonna be Mills. out in here in these, in these streets doing right. a little rapper song no no not at all um I also like Heartbreak yeah Heartbreak with the Dream that's the one that has like the Caribbean vibe to it and Money Shower, I think Money Shower is a dope record because I think Ty Dolla Sign has one of the dopest voices of R&B singers today. Like he really reminds me of Aaron Hall. He reminds me of what's your man's name? R. Kelly. Ty Dolla Sign. There's not a. I haven't heard a Ty Dolla Sign feature that I don't like. I really and I really at this point need to go back and listen to his album because I think his voice is really dope. Um, he really has a throwback '90s, late '80s type of voice and. Um, that makes money showers to me. So overall, I think it's a, I think it's a dope project. I think it's a really good offering. Yeah, I, I, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's not, I'm not bowled over by it, but I like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, it's and again, I'm just back props to, 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 to them and to Joe for 
even being able to float on both sides of that. Right. And okay. So lastly, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about this. Which one did I forget? Chasing Goosebumps. Yes. Uh, I forgot to write it down in my show notes. Oh, okay. And the funny thing, uh, the uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff joint. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, it wasn't on title yet. So I had to. But it was on Apple Music though. That's fine. Hmm. That's fine. I mean, was it even working, though? Oh, it worked, it worked for you just, this time? It worked just fine. Okay, so it wasn't on title on the day that it came out. However, I was able to float right on over to YouTube and listen to the whole mm. thing. Thank you for bringing that up, because I did forget that one. That that was gorgeous. Yeah, I uh, Glenn, uh, I Lewis. mean, Glenn Lewis. Yeah, where's he been? I don't know. And don't, don't you forget, forget it. it. Yeah. Yeah. He should have had such a big career just yeah, based on have. how dope that song yeah, was. And yeah. he just... I mean, maybe I mean, maybe he's been doing stuff that we don't know about, but he hasn't definitely. I mean, he's been. definitely been out there doing stuff, and he's had a few projects, but nothing, you know, mm-hmm. that curled all the way over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's dope that they did this project in seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the thing I appreciated even more than the music was the message. So, did you? Were, I don't know if how it played on. Um, Apple Music, but were you able to see actually any of the segments where he was talking about why they did this? No, 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 not, no. But that's he, on on the internet, right? Have you so? I'm mean, that's what I'm asking. Have oh no, I haven't it? seen it. No. So he kind of was just saying that, you know, as artists, you do so much music over your lifetime. You do oh yes, way yes, more yes, music yes. I did hear him say that. Yeah. Than you're able to ever put out. So right. instead of just depriving the world yeah, of yeah. all of these goodies, like you know, you know, you have this percentage that you're going to sell, and then you have this percentage that you're just going to put out for you know for the world to enjoy. Yeah. Why hoard all this music? Yeah. You know, just for you to die. And, yeah. And, yeah. He was talking about everything up before you die. And I really, really appreciated that, and that he just wanted to uh, be able to prove that you could make music on this level. In mm-hmm. that short period of time, and that when the record companies are telling you right. it's going to take nine months to get this album out, that basically that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if the veteran <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff says so, then I'm going to believe it. Right. Was it me, or does Glenn Lewis sound like Stevie Wonder? He always has. Yeah. Well, don't you forget it. That was the comparison. Yeah, to me, he sounded like just like Stevie Wonder on this album, and it really put me back in the mind frame of Stevie on Common's album of Black America again. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to the songs, and I'm like... Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. All right, so that's the new releases for this week. Um, if you got something that you think we missed or something we didn't review, make sure you send us a message so we can uh, check it out and review it and see what it's talking about. But also, and let's get into this episode, though. So on this episode, I'm so excited mm-hmm. that we have, because we've had some really dope people in hip-hop mm-hmm. on the podcast so far, but what we have been missing is some representation for the ladies. Some representation for the ladies. Right. And the ladies, the ladies, the <laughs> ladies in the house. I watched that video a couple of months ago. You remember that song? Yes. It was like Big Cap with um, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Uh, uh, who else is on it? I'm seeing the video in my head, the the extremely 90s scene. Yeah, I don't remember who else is on it other than Lauren Hill. Um, and Lauren is like, tears in my eyes, burn, right. tears in my eyes. Who else is on that song? Uh, Bahamadia mm. and Unique. Unique, 
right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I think I looked at that video when Big Cat passed away. I think that's what made me yeah, pull it up. Yeah, it kind of started generating away. when he it yeah. started making its rounds when he passed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on this episode, representing for the ladies, we mm-hmm. have none other than Roxanne Shante, legendary Juice crew member. Yeah. Super dope yeah. woman MC. Yeah. Representing for the ladies. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. I was so excited to talk to her. Yeah. So before we get into the interview portion of the show, let's talk about female NC MCs. Now, everybody always talks about who's the dopest female MC, top five female MC, blah, da, 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 da. I don't even want to do that. No, nah, yeah. I don't even want to do it like that. I kind of just want to like just throw out some names. Mm-hmm. Like I want I'm curious because, you know, we have similar tastes, but then we have totally different tastes. Okay. So I'm going to throw out a couple of names of mm-hmm. women in hip hop. Okay. And we'll both say like what our favorite song is from them. All right, let's do it. Let me ask you this. It's hoes with attitude on the list. <laughs> Are they up there? Nah, but I mean, oh. we can definitely discuss them if okay. you like. I mean, I don't know any of their songs or anything, but I just was wondering if maybe you threw them up there. It's like a right. bonus. You have it's a like special a bonus. place in your heart for hoes with attitude. I mean, let's continue. Right. So just random. Mm-hmm. These aren't in any order. I just off the top of my dome. All right, let's and go. You let me know. Favorite Latifah song? My favorite Latifah song is Latifah's Had It Up To Here. That's my second fave. Yeah, that Latifah. is my second fave. Latifah's Had It Up To Here is so everything. Yeah, I think she's definitely spitting. That's Yeah, that's absolutely my favorite Latifah song. My favorite Latifah song followed closely by Latifah's Had It Up To Here, Wrath Of My Madness. Mm. I think that song was just like my first recollection of knowing who Latifah was. She gets busy on mm-hmm. that joint. Mm-hmm. It's just, it will and forever always will be it is and forever will be one of my favorite songs, period, right, right, in right. life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Wrath of My Madness for me. Favorite Lil' Kim song? Favorite Lil' Kim song? Um, Jeez. It's uh, hard, huh? Yeah. Um, if Peter Piper pecked him, I bet you Biggie bust him. He probably tried to fuck him. I, I told, told him, him not, not to trust, trust him. him. Lyrically, I dust <laughs> him off like pledge. Yeah, that, yeah. that's my favorite Lil' Kim song. So many people don't know this, but years ago, maybe about eight years ago, I found somehow, and I have it, the demo version of that song with Biggie rapping Kim's verse. What? If Peter Piper pecked him, I bet you Biggie bust him. He probably tried to fuck him. I told him not to trust him. Lyrically, I dust him. Off like pledge, hit hard like sledgehammers. Bitch with that platinum grammar, I am a diamond cluster hustler. Queen bitch, supreme bitch. Kill a nigga for my nigga by any means, bitch. Murder scene, bitch. Clean bitch. Disease free, bitch. Check it. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. Queen bitch, definitely favorite little Kim song. What about you? Ironically, same one. Really? Mm-hmm. See? That, she just comes off so hard in that mm-hmm. immediately. Followed very closely and almost tied with a song that's not hers, but uh, Little Kim on Quiet Storm, on oh, Mom yeah, Deep yeah, yeah, Quiet yeah, yeah, Storm, yeah, 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 yeah. gives me all the life. One of the greatest verses of all time. Like, Little Kim on Quiet Storm, I could listen to that 20 times a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Lauren Hill. Favorite Lauren Hill song? Favorite Lauren Hill, L Boogie. Rapping or singing? Mm, <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah, she can go both ways. Uh, one of each. Singing probably would be um, the joint with D'Angelo. What's that? Um, nothing even matters. Nothing even matters. So rapping, probably everything is everything. Huh. Uh, so song wise, I really, really like Tell Him mm-hmm. from The Miseducation. Mm hmm. Uh, rhyme wise, 
Maybe how many mics? Okay. It's so hard to pick, though. Uh, next up, favorite MC Light. I'm gonna say Roughneck. Really? Yeah, that's what comes. That's what comes to mind. Got a who? Got to have a what? Was Roughneck written? And I know I'm getting going a little bit too deep. Wasn't Roughneck written by Rex in Effect? Was it? I think uh, a kill from Rex in Effect wrote Roughneck, if I'm not mistaken. Do your Google on that, but. I think Akil from Rex in Effect was the writer of Roughneck. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know if I can pick a favorite light song. Georgie Porgy um, was one of the greatest storytelling songs. Um, um, so I'm going to say either Roughneck or Georgie Porgy. I'm going to say uh, Paper Thin. Paper I'll, Thin is my favorite. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a great song. Who else? Uh, favorite Rhapsody. Favorite Rhapsody song. Let's how about the entire freaking <laughs> EP that she just dropped a couple of months ago? Right. Like, how about the entire Crown EP? Right. I'll take that. Like hands down. Like you're not gonna make me pick a favorite. I'm gonna agree with you and say the entire Crown EP. Yeah, I'm not gonna pick a favorite. Not However, because I'm so biased about that EP, I just figured I'd pick one outside of the Crown EP, okay. and that's gonna be the World from okay. Beauty and the Beast. All right. Cool. How about your favorite Rod Digger song? Oh, easy. Easy? I think I know what it is. Tight. Tight. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Tied it in three or more heads. And a TRX. <laughs> um, that entire Dirty Harry album. I love it. Um, anybody else? What about Yo-Yo? Oh, clearly. Uh, can't play with my Yo-Yo. Can't play with my Yo-Yo? What about Bonnie and Clyde thing? I love that too, but I love, like, can't play with my yo-yo with that sample. It's got to be that. Black Pearl, precious, precious little girl. No, we're still. No. Can't <laughs> I mean, play that's yo-yo yo -yo. and Big Bub. Like, what do you mean? I'm still going with still going can't, can't play, play with my yo-yo. All right, cool. The earrings I wear are called dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yo, let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story. So, oh, I used to love yo-yo <laughs> so much. Like, she was my favorite because at an early age, I developed a uh, a liking, a likening, if we can call it that, to, um, this is another maybe like. Just say a crush. Yeah, she was my crush, but she, Yo-Yo was it. So I decided to write her a, a letter to her fan club, B. Like that's, I had it bad for Yo-Yo. Like I was, I told her I was her number one fan. We need to get her on the show. Yeah, we definitely need to get her on the show. Like we need to talk to her. We got to talk about some things. Um, no, we huh? need to talk about some hip hop thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. But <laughs> but I was I tried to join the fan club and I sent the letter off because I got the address from like Word Up Magazine or something. Mm -hmm. But I um, did I you get a I, response? Nah, I want to ask her if she, she ever got my letter. For you? Nah, I'm gonna ask her though. Oh, if we get on the show, I'm gonna ask her if she ever got my letter because I was a fan, Jack. Like yeah, Yo Yo was it? Tragic. Yeah, it's super tragic. All right, so we got any more female MCs? No, let's just leave it there. Just a few of our faves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely some of our faves. And tell us who y'all think is some of the dopest female MCs that you really enjoy, um, because we really would be interested. I know we left a lot of people off. We didn't mention Bahamadia. We didn't mention uh, Foxy. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Oh, my goodness. I think Jean Grey is super dope. Hoes with attitude. We didn't get a chance to go over their <laughs> records. So, but remember, like, let's. Uh, I love to think about some of the uh, 
women in rap that didn't quite, you know, make it to star status. Mm-hmm. But like, remember Silk Town's Leather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the woman in me. I don't know that song. It's just the woman in me. I don't know that song. It at was all. so. It was just so that time period. It sounds like it they was were never going to make it out of the '80s slash '90s alive. So again, like, there's so many dope MCs out there that I'm sure we, you know, didn't mention, but just. Um, and respect for everyone's time those are just the ones that we thought that we could kind of come with off the, off the top of the head yeah definitely I definitely want to do an episode uh, in the future just really m- more episodes dedicated to the women in hip-hop because I don't want them to be discussed as if you know they're just this small piece of hip-hop like women mm-hmm. in hip-hop um, have just help hip-hop to really flourish and women in hip-hop have been some of the main ones that take the culture so much farther than just music yeah yeah, absolutely like you know who has transcended everything more than dana owens yeah absolutely the ladies the ladies the ladies (laughs) in the house i love that song you got moni love still working in radio oh what about the, the the five the five fingers of venom joint remember that Yes, the Wu Tang chicks. Yeah, like where are they? Like what are their they names? They had like what one two good videos. Yeah, what were their names? I don't Who know. Who are they? Where are they now? Man, let's let's find out. Somebody what? somebody out there knows. One of y'all hip hop geeks know. Was it the, was it the, what they called the five venom? The five venoms. I can't even remember. And then they have like did they have like a sprite commercial? I don't know if they had a sprite commercial. I want to say they did. One had red hair. We, we need to we need to do some Googles. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some we'll research and come back you. on that. We, y'all can Google and, and, and come back and tell us, but we forgot about them. So, so coming up here, we want you to uh, listen up and enjoy Roxanne Shantae as she talks to us about her place in the Juice Crew. She talks about you know where she is now and her upcoming movie. Yeah, that movie is major. We talked about Pharrell earlier. Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah, we talked about Pharrell earlier about the Roots Picnic, but Pharrell and Roxanne Shantae actually have a relationship now with this movie that's coming out that mm-hmm. she discusses in an interview. So excited for this movie. I cannot wait for it to come out. Cool. So make sure you check it out. Roxanne Shantae. Hey, Miss Roxanne Shantae. Hey, sweetie. How are you? You know, I really like the husband and wife team. I think that is so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. We're so happy you could do this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No problem. What role did music play in your life as a child before you started rapping professionally? Well, music still as a child and still today means everything for me. I think my whole life is just a big one big soundtrack to uh, that eventually turns into a movie. But growing up, I just knew that my life was like a soundtrack and it was a soulful soundtrack with everything from Curtis Mayfield to the Impressions to the Dupree's to, um, you know, I can do Bloodstone, you know, that type of soul. Some Johnny Guitar Watson, you know, that type of soundtrack. A lot of times the soundtrack uh, is the way that we remember, soundtrack to our lives is the way we remember certain things. Is that kind of how it was for you? Absolutely, absolutely. I think when people say to me, you know, what song, because I think someone had once asked me, what song do you think really describes um, Rocky and Shantae? And if I had to say what really describes me, it would have to be Deja Vu by Tina Marie. You know, and and a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people say, like, you know, that's a really deep song. And I've always felt that way since I was about maybe 10 years old. So music definitely had a large impact on you from early on. Yes, it did. 
did, absolutely. So we talked to Biz recently. We had an interview with him, and he told us he gave you full credit on putting him down with the Juice Crew. Take us back to the 80s and what your origin story is. How did you come to be this dope young rapper battling grown men and serving rhymes in the Juice Crew? Well, um, you know what? I think it was because there were not too many female rappers. Right. And at that time, they didn't really have the title female rapper out there. And I just wanted to be a great rapper, not a great female rapper. It just turned out that they gave me that title. They were like, look, we'll say that you're the best female rapper. You know, they just refused to call me the best rapper at that time. Right. And um, I can remember going around and going to different park jams, you know, because in New York, it was really big for us to have music played in the parks. And the DJs would bring out their sound systems, whether it was the Disco Twins, whether it was King Mario, whether it was Pooh uh, Hurt, um, Molly Mall, uh, Bob Lee. They would bring out these big, huge sound systems, and I would hear the music and automatically gravitate towards the part. And then I would see these MCs, and they would get on the microphone. And once they get on the microphone, I was like, okay, I know I can do that. And I remember having such a hard time getting them to let me get on the microphone. So I became a plug puller and that means like whenever you show up at the jam everybody's watching you because they know that you're the person who will pull the power plug and cut the music off (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know they would automatically say okay keep your eyes on Shante because you know that's what she'll do she'll pull the plug on you you know (laughs) and they were right I would in a heartbeat because if I couldn't rhyme nobody was going to rhyme yeah baby it ain't no fun if Shante can't have none that's right Exactly. <laughs> and um, Biz was a great, not only a great friend, not only a, a great brother, you know, because he was like my, okay, if I show up to a battle, you know, um, automatically I had my own music. And I right. didn't need no electricity. All I needed was some juice. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. You know, as, as long, yeah, literally. Like as long as his throat was wet, I had beats for days. So as long as he'd be like, no, look, Save the money up because we gotta buy Biz some juice. And at that time, it was like these big, and I don't know if he told you the story, but it was like these big grape juices that he would drink by the gallon. <laughs> to keep you that know, throat so hydrated. Out, exactly. So shout out to Sunnydale. I don't even know if that company is still in business, <laughs> but it was called Sunnydale. And he, for Sunnydale grape juice, I had beef for hours. Wow, that's crazy. So, growing up in Queensbridge, we know you were around a lot of legends like Molly Maul and, of course, MC Shan. Was there ever a time that you were intimidated to approach them, being that they were, you know, really on and popping? Were you intimidated as a 14-year-old? No, not at all. Not at all. For some, you know, like, I guess I want to say that it was something in the water, let alone the fact of my mom being a very confident woman, and she definitely instilled that confidence in me and my sister, Mm -hmm. that... We automatically walked out the house feeling like we was the best. Like, there was nothing outside better than us. There was nothing outside greater than us. And um, that type of self-esteem being instilled in you from such a young child allows you to carry a certain confidence that can come across even in, in, in pictures or even in a look or, or right. just in, in the words that you say. You know, people can see that. Like, when I walked in it, because most of the time, you didn't have too many um, young girls at the time who had the same type of features that I had at that time, you know, I was, I was your, your, your pecan tan, your, your, your middle color, because mm-hmm. that meant that I wasn't light as the light skin girls, and I wasn't dark as the black and the berry, the sweet of the juice girls, I was that middle pecan tan, and, you know, the eyes were a little more slanted than everyone else's, and, you know, the hair was big and bushy, now, that 
Right, right. right. So, my, so, so my mom made it where we understood our uniqueness. You know, that was before they started calling it exotic. Back, back then it was just called uniqueness. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it didn't get all that full coverage yet. You know, and so with that being said, we just walked around like, look, we understood who we were and what we were supposed to do. And as an MC, that was the best way to feel, going into any jam, going into any part, going to any place. You were able to say, okay, listen, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And people understood that. Right, because as a woman, being in such a, a a male-dominated field, you had to be confident to be able to get on stage in front of all these men and just rock it. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I made it my business to be able to go in there and represent women fully. You know, I represented them. I wasn't. I didn't take off my clothes. I didn't show no skin. Right. I just went in there with chills. You just came with the rhymes. Like, exactly. To let them know, like, okay, listen, I'm a girl, but I'm good at this. You know, and, and I'm better than you, and I'm better than you, and I'm better than you. And so that's the way I carried it. And right. I think a lot of them wanted me on their team because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, when they when you actually put out Roxanne's Revenge, were you actually signed at the time, or did you not have a label? You no, know, I did not have a label or anything. I didn't even want to make records. When I did Roxanne's Revenge, I was on my way to the laundromat. I, was, <laughs> I didn't even want to make records. You know, I just that was a spur-of-the-moment freestyle, and it just happened to turn into a phenomenon. Wow. Like, I wasn't necessarily looking to make records. I didn't have a demo or anything like that. You know, literally, they say that a lot of people choose rap. But I must say that rap chose me. Mm-hmm. As someone who's been in the middle of two legendary hip-hop battles, the Roxanne Wars and the Juice Crew versus BDP, how do you feel about the way that rap battles play out now, you know, with social media being almost like a necessity if you want to win? Well, I think with, with rap battles now, um, there's, there's a big difference. You know, as time has went on, a lot of things have changed characteristically. Like, certain things that we thought meant certain things no longer mean that. So, like, if we thought that um, freestyling, for instance, freestyling mm-hmm. meant you showed up and you just said your rhymes and you didn't know who you were going to battle and they just popped up. Now, freestyles are rhymes that are written that they get a chance to practice for a whole month and know exactly who <laughs> they're going to battle and they dig it all into their lives and then they're able to say all types of things. So, the... The definition of freestyle has changed. Though I think the concept of the battle is still the same, you know, it's nothing like how it was for me. So I think that's like the difference between how boxers used to box and box 26 rounds, and now they only box 12. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I think that's the difference between it. You know, but uh, I'm still entertained with uh, with battles today also. It definitely is entertainment. <laughs> So what what's some of the things that you might remember, like some of the memorable moments from that people may not know um, during the Roxanne Wars and during the Juice Crew versus BDP battle? What's like some some memorable moments that you could think of during those times? Well, I don't know. I think everyone knows everything about them, mm-hmm. basically, because we, you know it was just such an open book. Right. So there was no there was no secret times. There was no oh we met over here and we had a secret battle or anything like that. Like. There wasn't a case of that. You know, we met in colleges, we met in clubs, and all of those things. So there wasn't any type of um, hidden secrets when it came to the battle. We were quite, you know, it was it was real to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. It was definitely real. It wasn't like, um, if we were smart, it would have been set up like wrestling. Right. But it right. wasn't. <laughs> like it is now. Exactly. 
y'all kind of were the social media back then. Y'all didn't have those outlets, but y'all kind of were the social media. Y'all kind of gathered everybody and, and, and played it out in front of everybody. Y'all were live social media. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's also the reason why, you know, when people tell me, like, if someone says that they are a Roxanne Shante fan, then that was truly a fan that was earned because you couldn't, you couldn't be a fan by just a click or scroll through right. pictures right. or or something as simple as that. Like, if you were a fan, you had to write letters to the record company. You had to get an envelope. You had to write the letter. You had to get a stamp. You had to mail it. You had to wait for a picture to come back. You had to go out and buy magazines. You had to go out and buy records. Right. You know, so now somebody tells me that they have a million fans. And I say, oh, okay, you know, that's nice. And they'll say, well, you know, that's a million fans. And I say, well, you know, in all reality, that's a million pushes of a button. That's a totally different than a million fans. Absolutely. You know, and... You know, um, our fans were earned. We earned them through our shows. We earned them through our music. We earned them through our behavior. We even earned them on how we treat them. You know, people say today, like, I, I still work today without any problems or anything. I still work every weekend. And a lot of times people say to me, well, you know what? The reason for that is because I was very good to my fans. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it comes out now. And we're talking about people who are in their 40s and their 50s who come out now. So... I, I feel good as far as my track record, how I treated my fans and how I am with people. Definitely. So kind of speaking of beefs and diss records, um, we want to go back to your song, Big Mama, when you came hard for, you know, most of the major women in hip hop at the time. Was there actually ever any beef with any of them or was it more just a declaration that, you know, I'm the mother of all of you? I think what it was, was it was the fact that I was getting ready to leave the industry. And so I just, I left it with like with one hurrah, like, okay, well, look, you know what? For everyone who I didn't battle, everyone who I didn't say, let me just clear the slate and let everybody know that there really wasn't anyone who was like out of reach. So that's the reason why I did that. Was there any backlash or anything from anyone from that? Because, I mean, females in hip-hop seems to be sort of a, a, a sisterhood, so to speak. Um, especially now when you look at, you know, all of the ladies who have paved the way for some of the artists that we see now. But back then, did you receive any sort of backlash or anything? Well, no. I mean, because, again, I wasn't... I didn't I didn't look for accolades from anyone. So, therefore, it would, I would never feel like there was any type of backlash whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People... People feel like there's backlashes or there's consequences when they're seeking the acceptance or, you know, they're, they're seeking certain accolades from certain people in order to validate themselves. And I validate myself every morning and have always done so. So when you don't seek validation, there's no such thing as, as backlash or like, you know, this one may not talk to you or this one may not have you participate in that. You understand that your, your steps are ordered and you're going to be where you're supposed to be to have what you're supposed to have. Facts, though. Facts. So let's talk about the Juice Crew reunion. We know that y'all uh, had the reunion show on BB Kings in New York recently. What did it feel like to get the entire crew back together? And when was the last time that y'all were, were, were all together in the same place? Cause I don't recall seeing y'all all together as a collective in a very long time. Um, it had been about, I think, it had been well over 25 years. Wow. Since we had all collectively in one place. Maybe, maybe even 30. But I know that it was definitely 25 the minimum. And um, it felt great. It felt great. Yeah. It felt like energy. Almost like, um, and I'm getting ready to really date myself when I say this, but... <laughs> Being around all of them at the same time, it's almost like a reunion of the super friends. And <laughs> do you remember the, do you remember the Wonder Twins? And it yes. was the Wonder Twins. 
yes. to be able to really show their powers, they had to activate. And they could only activate right. if they were all in the same location at the same time. So it was like hugging each one of them. I feel like a wonder friend, and I feel like you get activated all over again. Mm-hmm. That was like the perfect prerequisite in um, having my film at Sundance. It was like I seen all my brothers. We were all together at the same place, and then you know, then I knew that whatever the next step was going to be was going to be even higher. So it gave me that energy. It was, it, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I feel bad for other crews or other um, groups that are unable to do that because when you go on tour with people, when you travel with people, when you make music with people, when you have a history and you grow up with people, it's sad when you cannot interact with those people anymore. Right. See, I still interact with them, but we interact with each other individually because one thing about the Juice Crew is everyone is a star individually. Absolutely. See, we weren't just, like, we weren't just a group. So it wasn't like everyone could not perform or everyone was not successful without the other. Right, right. It's just that you know, together we're a mega power, but still separate, we're very powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it allowed me to still interact with everyone. Usually I interact with those who are closest to me. So, like now, because I live in Jersey, I see Cool V more than I see anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. But then when I lived in Queens, I saw Marley more than I seen anybody else. Right. And then when I was south, I saw Shan more than I seen anybody else. And Biz, Biz is just everywhere. Right. Of course, Biz <laughs> you're all over you the know, place. You're going to be north, south, east, west, wherever you are, you're going to see Biz. Right, right, right. Now, being on tour with those guys with, you know, Biz, I'm sure he was a big prankster or jokester back in the day. Uh, what's some of the funniest things that you can recall happening back in the 80s when y'all were on tour? You know, um, there have been so many things so many times <laughs> that, we've had, that we've done stuff. I think one of the most memorable things I would have to say would be the fact that Biz is always searching for beats. Oh, mm-hmm. there's not a beat or a record that Biz does not have, right. Biz does not find. You know, if you want anything, you know, ask Biz, and Biz has it. Somewhere in one of his houses, he can find it. You can ask Biz for a fat album doll, and he'll be like, oh, the original one, the big one, or the little one? <laughs> and then he can go in his house, and he'll come back out with the doll. And he's like, damn, did you really had it? And he's like, yeah. So he's been one of those collectors since we were younger. And I can recall us even being as far as out of the country and, you know, being ready to miss our show in London because he wanted to go and find the beat and told me he knew exactly where it was. And he had no idea. <laughs> and we wanted to be like four hours away from where we were supposed to be. And you saw there's two kids from the project. Walking around London. Making your way around London. Exactly. With no cell phone. No cell phone. Right. That's dope. He he definitely told us, too, when we uh, spoke to him, that second to his record collection was his toy collection. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yes. Well, he has definitely told you the truth. Absolutely. Because that is, I don't think anyone has a larger collection. I think he's done like maybe two stories of a house. Wow. Filled with just, yeah, incredible. Now, I am so excited about this Roxanne Roxanne movie. There there really aren't hip hop biopics specifically about the women in hip hop. So, you know, and their story. So this is really important. What was it about your story that interested both Pharrell and Forrest Whitaker's production teams? You know, if I was to sit here and say, Oh, it's because I was the first to do this or the first to do that, first let me say this. I am just as excited as you are. Like, I'm still not off of cloud nine, and I don't think I will ever get off of cloud nine. <laughs> I found it to be an honor 
And if, if someone said, well, why did they choose you? And I would tell them, like, listen, I, I would have to say that God chose me. It was, I don't know how I was chosen. I am thankful that I was chosen. I feel that my contribution to hip-hop stands on its own. So I know that that definitely played a part in it. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times you can't say, why did they choose you? You can just be thankful that you were the one who was chosen and make sure that you um, represent the position that they put you in. So as I was one of the first female rappers to be internationally known, now I'm one of the first female rappers to be placed on the big screen. Um, I'm definitely going to make a mark with it and um, do all of my other female rappers proud so they don't have to worry about it being one of those movie films. They'll be like, oh, and they, she did this and she did this and, oh, and, you know, they showed this and, they, you know, no. It's, it's going to be right. Yeah. yeah, just just yeah. as a as a little girl who grew up in the 80s, who was a total hip hop head. It's just so important for us to be able, you know, as we're maturing and getting into, you know, closer to 40. It's supposed it's supposed to be this way. We're supposed to be able to look back and see these stories of the people who were our heroes and our icons and who are still important to the culture today. So I'm so glad that they were able to do that. As an executive producer, what was your day-to-day, you know, role on set? Well, besides biting my nails and trying to stay <laughs> out the way, <laughs> making sure that um, I was able to um, have my proper input, they called on me to make sure that we were able to have things very um, organic and mm-hmm. authentic. So certain things they needed, I had to make sure they were able to get them certain looks that had to be represented. I made sure that they got those right. Um, I even, you know, we even took out a whole day of learning how to do the WAP, you know, because you're talking about, you know, a whole generation that was so, like, maybe even two generations behind us that, you know, they didn't know what the WAP was. They didn't know. So, you know, we had to play old school music. We had to do the WAP, um, the ponytail, of course. Right. And, um, and not only that, I think the day-to-day filming... I really admired the fact that they felt that my input was so important and so needed. So they did not hesitate to call. So I was on set almost every day. And we, we filmed it in record time. About how long? Well, I think they said that we, we would totally finish filming in 29 days. Oh, like wow. Like we did a complete movie in 29 days. Now, people who film videos and people who do other things, they know that 29 days is literally nothing. Now, you had veteran actors, actors like Nia Long playing your mother, Marshala yes. Ali, who's having an amazing year with his roles in Moonlight and Hidden Figures, and of course in Luke Cage. Um, playing your boyfriend, and then newcomer Shante Adams playing you. Uh, how do you feel they did with the casting? Phenomenal. You could not have asked for a better cast. And with the young lady who's playing Shante, she was literally born for the part. I mean, including the name. How right. I mean, how have done that. Like, she walked in, she was like, hi, I'm Shante. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when we <laughs> looked at the paperwork, we see her name was really Shante, and that her dad was actually a huge hip-hop fan. So I'm like, Oh my God, like she is really made for the part. Right. And I would have to say that the looks were so similar mm-hmm. that we just, it just got this, this movie, this project was meant to be, and it just came together so easily. I had a film crew that all enjoyed working with each other. Um, we had actors and actresses, the whole cast, everyone loved each other. 
and it created a it really created a family. Now, what kind of things did you have to guide Shantae on to make sure she played an authentic Roxanne Shantae? You know what? She didn't need too much guidance. She walked in with a Roxanne Shantae attitude. Wow. So she kind of had that down pat. Um, like how I said that she was born for the part, mm-hmm. she really didn't need any type of instruction. She walked in with the rhyme, she walked in with the attitude, she walked in with the look, and she walked in with the name. You know, all I had to do was literally just sit back and enjoy. Well, I do want to congratulate you on your movie, Planet Sundance. That is amazing, and I really can't wait to see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I'm, like I said, I am still on cloud nine over it, <laughs> and, and I think I will continue to ride that cloud. So we got one last question, but I have another question. Just tell our listeners, what are the elements that make for a really good WAP? Because, you know, each rock over here, she's a WAP fiend. Like, that's her favorite dance in the world. (laughs) So I'm wondering if maybe y'all can, like, give the listeners some tips as to what it takes to make a good WAP. And let and also let me just say, Shantae, that at our wedding I put a band on the electric slide, but I was like, But you can whop. Okay. See, there you go. There you go. Well, I would have to say there would be um basically there would be three things. One is the proper arch in the back. <laughs> because you have to have to have a certain curve to it in order for you to get that real whop going. Secondly, it has to be that complete neck movement. You have to have the neck going. And you do that in conjunction with your hand movement. <laughs> and that's that hand and neck movement together. And then thirdly, it has to be the ponytail or the hairdo. You're going to have to have the bang and keep swooping it out the eye. <laughs> you're going to have the ponytail swinging back and forth in the back. From a legend. Call that facts. <laughs> So before we let you go, what um what are you listening to right now as far as hip hop? Like what are you checking out? Especially like what female um what females in hip hop are you listening to right now? Okay, well I listen to all females in hip hop. Um I would have to say right now, I'm really rolling with Remy. She's working on a few new projects. She happened to send me something. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know if I'm supposed to reveal it, but I am loving it. <laughs> and um if I had to say what else, I'm actually stuck on a J. Cole right now. Mm. It's, it's, it's like, it's in full rotation. Right. Have you heard Rhapsody's project? Yes, I have. She, yes, I have. Yeah, she's super dope. But I've, yes, I've been a Rhapsody fan forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super See, that's dope. That's See, people, a lot of times people ask me, you know, who would be your favorite female rapper? And since they are all considered my little sisters, my sisters, my nieces, right. you know, um, I can't choose a favorite. I don't have a favorite. I love them all. Right. And I love what they all bring to the table of hip-hop, and I love what they all represent. So I don't have any favorites. Now, I just have different listening times for different ones. Mm. And it just so happens that even though he's not a girl, right now we're doing the J. Cole. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let everybody know how they can follow you. Let them know when the movie drops. Give them your social media and everything. Okay, well, I keep it very simple. My name is the letter I, the letter M, Roxanne Shantae. That's the letter I, the letter M, Roxanne Shantae. Mm-hmm. Those faces on everything. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Cool. And when's the movie dropping? Um, That'll be out the end of the spring. We look forward to seeing it. Thank you. All right. So we hope you guys enjoyed our interview with the legendary Roxanne Shantae. Before we close out, we're going to give you our additions to the reminisce list. Reminisce, I reminisce. And if you oh. don't remember from the last episode, reminisce, the reminisce, reminisce. list are 
things that we're adding to this list that we miss in hip hop or in music in general? Do you want to go first? Nope, you got it. Okay. <laughs> so on the reminisce list for me today is, and this is something that could be slightly regional, uh, but I will break it down for you. So mm-hmm. on the reminisce list today is The Wall Music Store. Mm. Now, I know that it was uh, the wall was a music store that would be in, you know, like in your local mall. Mm-hmm. I know that they were prevalent on the East Coast, like definitely Jersey. Absolutely. We had them in Virginia. Uh, in Virginia, on, in the Southeast. I don't know if you guys had them out West at all. But the wall was excellent. You could go into the wall, purchase your CD, and they had what was called... Or tape. Sorry, purchase your tape and or CD. And they had what was called the Lifetime Guarantee. Yes, yes. Lifetime Music Guarantee. Mm -hmm. So if your tape popped, if your CD scratched, Mm -hmm. at any point that you owned it. You could take it back. You could bring it right back to the wall. But you had to take the sticker off of it. You had to have the sticker. And put it like. And put it on the tape or CD. And when you brought it back in. And it said the wall, Lifetime Music Guarantee. They refund your drink. They just gave you another one, no questions asked. First tape I got from the wall, NWA, Niggas for Life. (laughs) My mom took me in there, and that was the first tape that we had, that I had purchased, that had the sticker on it for parental advisory. She said, I'm not buying this. I said, Mom, come on, it's NWA, like I have to have it. And sure enough. If any of you follow me on IG... Uh, or I also post it on the Can I Kick It page. I will dig up a few of my lifetime guarantee stickers. With the stickers? I have CDs still with the sticker uh-huh. on there. Did you tell me, like, as an adult, you tried to go there and take some back? Well, the, the problem was, I took stuff back there all the time. No, no, no. The I mean, like, was, after they were, like, out of business. Like, after they were, like. No, that was the problem. Oh, okay. They went out of business right, right, and right. then, like, they were replaced, I want to say, with FYE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, FYE didn't care nothing about your sticker. No, 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 no. FYE, Sam Goody, all of them was like, get your little sticker out of here. The wall does not even exist does anymore. Not, I was like, how are you going to promise me a lifetime guarantee and then go out of business? But it was for their lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yours. No, nah, it was their lifetime. Gotcha. Right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, that's the gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is it, Velvet? For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their lifetime. So, my contribution to this week's reminisce list comes because I was scrolling on Instagram and one of our followers had posted something on the gram that I thought was really dope. I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. It was in a vinyl record that contained all of the St. Ides commercials. I saw that. That was dope. That made me think about how excellent those St. Ives commercials were and how they were actually they were actually songs and when they would come on the radio how you would really just like rock out to them yes the and Wu-Tang like, joint the Wu-Tang joint um, the joint with Nate Dogg when he was like just hit the corner <laughs> store you, you know, know what, what I'm, I'm looking, looking for, for. Yes. St. Ives <laughs> like you would always be looking forward to the next one but what happened was remember when the fake public enemy one yes they had to do it up there sounding like Chuck D and and you know Chuck- how I feel about people impersonating Chuck D. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if it was your man from, uh, from um, what's your man's Turbo name? Turbo B. Right, from Turbo B. So they had to fake Chuck D. Jonah. He sued St. Odds. And then after that, you didn't really hear him anymore. Like Biggie had one. Uh, of course, I think Snoop and Nate Dogg had one, of course. Biggie, Wu-Tang. Didn't Cube have one? Cube, had, Cube definitely had one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were just dope. Like, I think we need to bring back 
Just bring back those St. Ives commercials. Come on, don't drink St. Ives. Let's <laughs> I don't care if you drink St. Ives or not. Uh, black men, don't drink St. Ives. <laughs> you might need some more liquor in your I life. Need, I need y'all to live. <laughs> Billy D been drinking Colt 45 for 75 years, and he seems to be doing fine. So Elevate your liquor game. If you need, <laughs> hey, if you need some Colt 45 to get you through the day after a long day at work. I want y'all to live. My brother, knock yourself out. But nah, I just think those Colt 45 commercials were super dope, and I think we need to bring them That's things back. That's an excellent addition to the reminisce list. We need to bring them back for real. Well, uh, I can't complain about that addition to the list at all. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to uh, dig up some of those The Wall Lifetime Music Guarantee stickers. And I'm going to dig up some St. Ives. How's that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring some St. Ives and malt liquor. All right. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, that's it for this edition of the Can I Kick It podcast. Make sure you follow us on all your social medias. On Instagram, we are at Can I Kick It podcast. On Twitter, we are at Can I Kick It show. On Facebook, you can like us at Can I Kick It podcast. Um, we're not on MySpace. We're not on Black Planet. We're not on Christian <laughs> Mingle, any of those sites. But and if y'all feel we should be up there, then highlight us and we'll do what we got to do and make it and, and, and get it popping. All right. Oh, also make sure you, you, y'all follow us. We got a new venture for all my record collectors. If you collect records, if you collect vinyl, follow our new online record boutique on Instagram. We are at Remix Record Boutique. So make sure you hit us up. And follow that page. We post records and stuff all day. And make sure you follow the Can I Kick It pages and all that. So just keep up with us and keep rocking with us. And make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to it. iTunes, Stitcher. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Google Play Music. Google Play Music. Everywhere you get your podcast, we out there. So. Listen to us everywhere. Yeah, we'll see y'all on the next episode. All right, chill. I know you think no one could be a feel better. I used to be a hustler. Now I'm a 22 blue guzzler. Other beers I'm not loving you. Forget the great taste that's less filling. I'd rather have some eyes and some dimes in the crib chilling. Or in the six relaxing. Honey's in the back. Cracking six packs, rubbing my back. Big poppin', you all that. <laughs>